Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. Junction on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is a new show hosted by me, Asha Saluja. Bushwick Junction is a show about life's inflection points. It's about the crossroads in our lives, which paths we choose when we reach them, and where those choices lead us or don't. We'll talk about the decisions we agonized over and the decisions we didn't even realize we were making until years after we made them. We'll talk about how we decide things, how we weigh our options, or how we tap into our intuitions. And we'll talk about the degree to which our choices matter. Do we have any control over the things that alter our fate, or do we end up in the same place no matter which roads we take? On each show, I have a guest tell me all the big decisions they've ever made in order. We start with birth, fast forward to their first big decision, and map out the road their life has taken as a series of inflection points or junctions. That's how the show usually goes. But with today's guest, I okay, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you up here. Can you hear hello, yourself? Hello. <laughs> okay. So today I have a very extra special guest, my Radio Free Brooklyn co host, Sasha Sugar. Are you going by Alexandra, not your full name? Oh my gosh, how did you know? You told me. <laughs> Oh, sh- well, <laughs> not on the radio yet. This is the first time I'm coming out as Alexandra. Oh, coming out of the I feel so vulnerable right now. Oh, yes, I'm I've so been sorry Sa- I've been Sasha that. Sugar for for 30 years and I feel like it's time to let Alexandra come out. It's like um, when it's like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce, like your alter ego. Well, but I'm real Sasha Fierce. You know, like I'm yeah. real Sasha Sugar. I'm real <laughs> Sasha Fierce. Beyonce, well, I mean, I love Beyonce too, but... Um, yeah, so I've been Sasha all my life, and um, I was doing a meditation recently. Uh, oh, hang on, hang on. We'll get to this in uh, a second. This is another big decision we'll need to talk oh, about. Right, right, oh, right. Yeah. So Name changes. The premise huge. of the show is normally I get a guest, and I ask them ahead of time what their first and subsequent biggest decisions in their life are. And it's totally self-reported. Anyone can tell me any kind of decision that they've made. And what's tended to happen is people talk about work. I don't know why that work or like where they've moved. So boring. And I told Sasha that. (laughs) So Sasha's kind of a last minute fill in for today. I was a little bit unprepared for today's show. 
I didn't have a guest oh, in a so few days. So that was your second option? No, I've been <laughs> waiting to interview you. You know it. But I, I interviewed Sasha a few months ago already on her own show. So Sasha Sugar is your beloved RFB host of a show that I kind of got my radio start on, What is Love? And Sasha, you I've told you this already, but you are like my radio mentor. I would not have had my own show uh-huh. if I hadn't been Thank able you. to try out what it was like to do this on your show and you kind of just let me fall into the deep end you like let me and go to outgrow on. myself i think your show is a key gas oh we're you're such a great host Asha, we're honestly. having a love moment uh anyway so you're my radio mentor i've been so excited to interview you but i also just interviewed you on your show go back and listen to the new year's eve episode of what is love if you haven't already uh and we talked about sasha's biggest decisions in the most in like the last year or so. Yeah. Uh, so I told her what usually happens on the show and she goes, that's so boring. <laughs> and so just before the show, minutes before we were like waiting in the lobby. Seconds it, before the show. Seconds before the show <laughs> coming into the studio. I was like, wait, Sasha, what if we do an extra special episode where you talk only about your love decisions I mean, because I'm, I'm the host of the what is love show at the end of the day yeah so why not <laughs> so this is a very special what is love bushwick junction crossover episode where Woo-hoo. your host sasha sugar tells you about the biggest romantic and non-romantic love decision she's ever made uh just we huh well, you we you've been talking about how you oh, want your talk show. about Jesus now. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, sure. I love that. I love Jesus. We'll talk about Jesus. Well, you know, love of all kinds. We've been talking about how your show doesn't need to be about romantic love. Right. It can be about all kinds of love, universe right. love. Uh, so we'll get to chronological order in mm-hmm. a second. But I am curious about your your self love decision about to change. The name that you go by. Thank you. Yeah, let's start with that because uh, it happened recently and I'm still trying to dig into the whole Alexandra thing. So, guys, I'm sure you all know I'm from Eastern Europe and in Eastern Europe, there is no such a name, Sasha. Sasha stands for Alexandra. It's a nickname for Alexandra. Uh, in Passport, I've always been Alexandra, but I was always going uh, by my nickname, Sasha. It's like Matthew, Matt, Daniel, and then I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's how it is in Eastern Europe. So all my life I've been going by the name Sasha. I love it. I think it's sexy. It's sharp. It's, it's cute. It's nice. It's Rhymes short. With Asha. I love it. But I was, uh, I was in this, uh, spiritual circle. We were doing a meditation with my spiritual healer. She's, kind of in a Buddhist tradition, but not necessarily just a spiritual healing tradition. And uh, she she gave us a question. Now, guys, if you were to fill your identity, to describe your identity, what would that be? Like, fill who you are, name your identity. And before I said, I am Sasha, I had the thought, like, you are Alexandra. Like, yeah, you are Alexandra. No, 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 Sasha, you are Alexandra. This is, this is a beautiful name given you by your parents. It has so much power, so much meaning. Uh, in, in translation from Greek, it means a defender of the people. And I was like, yeah, hold on a second. I am Alexandra, actually. I'm not Sasha. I mean, I'm Sasha too, but I'm Alexandra. That's my beautiful real name. So, I felt so empowered by it, and especially considering that more and more I uh, 
sense that I want to be a healer in my life and to just share love and the light with others and to help others to um, liberate themselves from their own luggage of emotions and stupid social schemes and constraints. Anyways, the whole idea of Alexandra as a defender of people just suits me so well, so perfectly. It's almost like now I finally tap into my true identity and true nature and I'm using the name that was given me by my parents like 30 years ago. So that's why, you know, I I went to work. I told a few people, call me Alexandra. I've even tried to change my name on Slack. Slack is a communi- It's a tool to communicate internally. Uh, and then I started getting emails. Yo, Sasha, I cannot find you on Slack. I'm, like, Yo, I'm not <laughs> Sasha anymore. I'm Alexandra. I know it sounds weird, but also who said it sounds weird? It's weird to you? Well, that's your problem. Uh, it's okay. not that weird. <laughs> I mean... To a lot of American people, it's almost like going from Katy to pa- to Catherine. Bethany. It's you know, it's oh, I see. You know what I mean? It's not like oh, I was Matthew. Now I want to be Matt, or vice versa. Yeah, I understand. But anyways, like so now I've decided I'll let my closest friends know. Call me Alexandra. I want to see how I feel about this name, and then gradually I might um, change it at my workplace, uh, the way introduced to people. So we'll see how it goes. Cool. So That's- I'm cool with both Sasha Alexander right now. I dig both of them. That's a beautiful way to make a decision to have a, um, like a moment in a meditation class. Like it's like oh. being struck by lightning, but it comes from inside yourself. Absolutely. I just, I just had a show two hours ago about Kundalini practice and I had mm-hmm. Kundalini earlier today and I had so many beautiful realizations about who my, what my truth is. And it also came in this, in this mediative, mediative, mediative. Meditative? Meditative state. Um, it's, it's, I mean, everybody speaks about meditation. I'll be surprised if any of our listeners have not tried meditation yet. Guys, you are so behind the game. Please, after the show, of course, listen to the show first. <laughs> after the show, go and try even a simple meditation. It's going to change your life. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I co-sign that endorsement all about the meditation. Okay. So let's, let's get into it. Uh, the first question is, hmm. My first crush. Yeah. Well, well, okay. I was going to ask you our first love. We want to get really Freudian here. Our first loves are always with our parents, but I don't want to talk about your parents. That just, it's less fun. Yeah, tell me about your first crush or your first love. Um, first crush actually, first. Actually, if you don't mind me, I'll speak about my parents only because I am now experiencing, experiencing reverse of the love for my father. Right. And it's, about this. it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I'll just speak, I'll just briefly talk about it because I think it is important. And I think a lot of people go through similar situations with their parents. We just don't want to talk about it we don't like to acknowledge because it's a vulnerable subject but um um i was very close with my father when i was a child i was i'm a younger sister and i i, I felt that i was daddy's daughter uh, my father was an alcoholic and at some point i stopped talking to him when i was uh, 15 or that yeah i think 15 uh so after that our bond and connection was lost and it was never fully recovered and only, I think, 
during the last year after doing a lot of work on myself and also my father doesn't drink anymore that's that's important my father is knock knock on the wood he's doing well um i'm just my i've opened up i've forgiven my father i've opened up my heart to him and i just feel so much love for him i call him he still lives in belarus i call him every week i share with him a lot of things i really talk to him as my buddy although we are quite different but yet we are very similar so i really feel like i'm just kind of in love with my dad uh in a good way not in a creepy way so yeah i'm yeah i just wanted to share that it's 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 pretty awesome i feel like i've done the circle of the evolution and now i need i needed to go back to that childhood sacred space to heal the love of my father to then make a leap forward yeah and i happen to know i i always the question on the show is how did you decide to do that and i happen to know when you decided to do that because it's in our new year's eve episode of what is love that everyone should really go listen to the story of how sasha decided to open her life back up to her father um it takes place in south america there's a certain life-changing substance involved (laughs) every Um. The assistance of of a love changes <laughs> absence was involved, but it's you know it's all it's all within us. The power is within us. So yes, uh, yeah, I'm happy it happened to me, and um, I really love my dad right now. Love it. Yeah. So <laughs> your first crush. <laughs> I kind of digressed. I know yeah. <laughs> from your question. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, my first crush. Uh, so there was. I would how. Uh, how serious of a crush are we talking here? I think I want the question to be, wh- who was your first crush that you decided to do something about it? Ooh, that's a really good question. Yeah, because we are, you know, little little kids have crushes, but well, who was the first crush that you're like, okay, I want to do something about this? That's a very good question. I think my first crush who happened to be also one of my first boyfriends. Well, he was my first boyfriend. He was my probably third, but he was my first crush crush. How old were you? It it makes sense. But it was in a summer camp and it was a boy. He was a, I mean, he was so cute. I can't even tell you. He was the, he was shorter than I was. (laughs) How Uh, how old were you? I was 10. Oh, 10. I mean, no, oh, it doesn't work. I mean, I was a bad ass tech. I like, believe I, you. I mean, I tried my first cigarette in the summer camp. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, yeah. So my parents used to send me every summer to the summer camp. Um, Where? It wasn't, I was still in Belarus. It wasn't far from home, uh, but I was in a, in a village. It was a very basic summer camp. We had to go to the bathroom, um, outside there was no yeah i mean we lived in wooden houses girls in one house guys in in another house uh different ages so i think i was 10 and there was this boy and he was extremely cute he was also an kick-ass break dancer oh my god (laughs) i think that it was an era of do you remember the band onyx not really. It's like the, the, they were huge rappers, okay. and at that time, everybody, at least in Belarus, uh-huh. uh, everyone was hung up either on prodigy and rave culture, and then onyx and rap culture. So, and I was kind of one day I was a raver, another day I was a rapper. So that that guy, 
I'll actually, I'll give his name. Who cares? I mean, he then he was going by the nickname Malok, which means it's a cute version of a little. So he was a kick-ass breakdancer. I mean, he was a kind of famous guy in the in the camp, but he was also younger. I think he was nine <laughs> or eight, and I was ten. And I and I remember. So he was shy to come up talk to me, and so his friend come came up to me and asked if I knew how to kiss, like French kiss. I mean, of course I lied and I said, "Yeah, I kid me. Of course I know how to French kiss." So that was a setup for the date. So my first date with my first crush was us sitting on the bench during the discotheque and French kissing for 30 minutes nonstop. I'm not lying. <laughs> I don't think I would be able to replicate that now as I'm 30. I would probably go out of my breath. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what, what my first date was with my first crush. So after that French kiss, we, we dated for a few weeks because that's how um, the season of the summer camp is, it's about three or four to four weeks. So yeah, we dated for three weeks. Uh, dating involved French kissing and dancing on the discotheque, of course. And also since he was into the rap culture, he knew how to do graffiti. So in my notebook, he draw a lot of kind of, I love you, Sasha graffiti. So that was kind of our, yeah, our story. Wow. Yeah. Well, how did, did you decide to break up after? No, it just was kind of a, um, because it was a, it was a summer camp. Yeah. So after that, we just, he went. No decisions. Uh, he went made. to his town. I went back to Nesvish and we kind of separated. We did try to date the following year. I was 11. Mm-hmm. He was 10. <laughs> and, uh, and actually I think he broke up with me. Oh. Yeah. And it was pretty, pretty painful. Yeah. Um, but, um, we can no get- hard feelings. No, I honestly, I hope he's doing well and I have no <laughs> idea how he's doing. I think he's still in Belarus. Um, do you think he's a famous break dancer? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he, um, actually, I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you, but something tells me that he went on doing some other things in life. Hmm. It's funny because when you get broken up with, you, you're not deciding anything. That's like the biggest thing that can happen to you in life that's not your... No, that's not the biggest thing. But it's one of those big things in life that's like a big junction. But you didn't have to do it. <laughs> I didn't have to do it. Well, I didn't have to do it. I could do things that led to that. Yeah. Or also I could do something afterwards to try to reverse the decision. Right. So there's always a reaction to an action. And uh I actually even I think that I was so heartbroken that I asked my friend, my girlfriend to go talk to Malak and uh-huh. like see what's up. Yeah, like do you still do you not do you not want to date Sasha? Um and he said, Fuck her, you know, which was even more heartbreaking. Yeah. Um I mean kids are fucking cruel, seriously. Um Okay, who is your first love? Like your first adult love? Adult? What is adult? Uh, I don't know. A teenager too. Who was the first person you were truly in love with? Was it him at 10? No. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was 10, I thought yes, but no, right. of course not. Um, 
when I was 15, I fell in love with uh, my friend's boyfriend. Ooh, this is so Oh my juicy. gosh, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about it on the radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, I fell in love with my best friend's boyfriend. And I didn't realize it until it was too late. So basically, we had a connect, uh, an intellectual connect. Uh, I was, you know, where he, he got me hooked up on Nirvana, on punk rock. I was so drawn to it. Um, he was giving me the, the, the right literature. He was a bit older. So I think it was just platonic at first. Uh, but then I kind of realized that I have some more feelings for him. And it was kind of a weird situation because he was dating my best friend. Um, so yeah, I was, it was, it was hard for me. It was difficult for me. And, uh, we spoke about it, of course, many, many years later. In fact, I still talk to him now on the, we reconnected a few years ago. We talk sometimes on Viber. Uh, it's one of the texting services. Um, I think we've always, we'll always keep the connection. It's like a real strong platonic connection. Um, but it wasn't a, what's the word? It, it wasn't a mutual love, obviously, because he was in love with my friend. So it was a one way kind of unrequited. Did you decide yeah. to tell him back then? Or did you decide not to tell? I mean, them? he actually acted on, like, he actually acted on it. Like we kissed with him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hope my best friend is not listening to the show because <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Oh. Yeah. Does she know? No. Wow. That's big. I mean, she knows that we talk with, she knows that we had strong connection, platonic connection. She doesn't know that we actually kissed and, I mean, almost made out. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's a long time ago. They're not still together, are they? Oh, no, 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 no. They're both married to different people. Actually, they're both divorced from different people <laughs> and they both have kids from different people. So no, but on um, the very tiny, I think tiny I'm still, chance. I'm still carrying that feel of guilt mm-hmm. in front of, for my best friend. Although again, because I'm a woman, because women are always, uh, the ones to blame. I mean, it was his responsibility. You know, he saw that how I was drawn to him. He was older. He was the guy. Like he just, yeah, I feel he, in a way, he a took little. advantage of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not taking off responsibility for my action uh, by any means. But um, yeah, that was that was kind of it. Yeah. So let's, let's move on, on to the next story because yeah, I'm feeling a bit vulnerable. Who was your here. first? <laughs> who was your first long term relationship? Sure. I guess, what do we decide as a long term? In New York, long term meaning, uh, I almost feel three months of dating <laughs> in New York these days is considered a long term. Did you have a long term relationship while you were still a teenager, like a year or two? So my first, my first long term relationship was when I was 17. Okay. So it's not teenage anymore. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Were you kind here of. or still no, in Belarus? No, I was still in Belarus. Uh, I was madly in love with the, um, the, the guy. Should I give the, also his name, his name, his name was Sasha as well, like my name. Wow. And, um, he was much older than Ooh. I was. Not much older. Maybe eight years older. Uh, he was an antisocial, uh, ex, 
criminal into like heavy metal, alternative subculture. I was coming off the uh, grunge, my grunge punk rock era into the metal. So he was kind of oh. part of my evolution from a punk rock girl into the heavy metal, black metal, this goth. Is- an interesting thing how relationships can draw you into new worlds. Absolutely. Like things that you never would have picked up otherwise. Absolutely. Uh, so what was it like? Did you get into, met, did you go to metal shows? Did you uh, I, was li- I lived in a tiny town of 15,000 people. We did not have any metal shows, girl. <laughs> I would sometimes go to, that when I moved to Minsk for college, I, of course, started attending metal shows. But mm-hmm. in Nesvich, there was no, there were no shows at all. Was he in your town? Or was yeah, this he was in my town. I was still, it was my last year of school mm-hmm. in Nesvich. And uh, we met and he just got off the prison. And wow. I was in that. How did you meet him? So I, at that point, I started hanging out with the, our local crowd of guys who liked the black metal music. So I was kind of part of their group. And so he got out of the prison and I, I, I mean, I just fell in love with him. And was there any, was there any internal conflict where you like, I don't know if I should. He's older. He's. I mean, he was not that much older. Or is he? Girl, the prison. Wait till my next story, okay? <laughs> Eight years, it's nothing. Well, was there any conflict? Was there anything that no. said you just fell in love? No, there was nothing. I mean, I was a bad, I was, I thought I was a bad girl. I mean, I was not, I was never a bad girl. I thought I was, I wanted to be. And he fit so perfectly in that kind of you know subculture and mm-hmm. a lot of drinking and a lot of you know hanging out on the cemetery at night <laughs> and a lot of just being you know kind of assholes in the public space i like that stuff you uh-huh. know and i'm not proud of it now but also that's who i was at that time and uh i think i was romanticizing that kind of bad boy way of living he was also in prison several times yeah i mean i just i fell for it yeah and i was um and then i moved to minsk to college he was uh kind of visited me several times i almost got evicted from the dorm because of him because he stayed over and it was illegal uh another time he cut his veins, veins because of me, because I wanted to break up at that point. And oh my God, that's so heavy. Yeah. And then I started going to the mental institution. It, it was the full kind of drama. It was dramatic, but I also now realize I was kind of drawn to that drama. You know, I was, I liked Marilyn Manson. I liked the black, just the blackness and darkness in life. And uh, yeah. I was drawn to that kind of, close to that experiences um sasha's wearing like all pink in, in the and, studio and, and, right and now white, and white and, yes. white and i'm coming from kundalini yoga and I'm, <laughs> yeah exactly um wow that's a lot for a 17 18 year old it's hard yeah and it's funny because i when i went to belarus uh in may i met him and uh, yeah i it, he left a very sad feeling in me like he is unfortunately he is a He's a done deal. Unless something, you know, th- th- unless something crazy and beautiful and unless God actually knocks on his door, he's a, he's not doing well. He, he still drinks. His level of like mental level is just intellectual level. He used to read a lot, but now 
because of his past and his prison, he was never able to get a good job. He always had to work in the construction. His social circle was kind of, you know, one that not very intellectual, usually not very intellectual uh, crowd. And he's just, I mean, we could hardly find anything to talk about. Like there was such a huge gap. Yeah. In our conversation. So, but I used to be crazy in love with him. So this is such a junction related idea to the fact that are, you were kind of intellectually at similar levels at that time. You, you were thinking about the same things. You liked the same things, but the series of events that your lives have taken since yeah. then brought you to really different places and made you really different people. Well, you know, but speaking of decisions, right? How is it my, is it just a, and I think it goes about all your shows, right? Where is the my active decision and where is this just the luck or coincidence from the circumstances? I mean, yeah. I was, I left New York. I went to uh, oh, New York. I left Nesvish. I went to study to Minsk, which is already a very different dynamic from Nesvish, from a small town of 15,000 people. I went to New York. I, so I was privileged enough or I made a decision to go to different places. He stayed all his life in that small, close-minded space. Mm -hmm. And who knows if he had a chance to go somewhere else, how that would affect him. Right. We can only guess. Yeah. Uh, But it happened and... Yeah. That's it. And it sounds like, I don't know, he, he probably suffered from some sort of illness or depression that... Him? Yeah, maybe. I mean, his father, you know, his father died when he was, uh, he was young. He's, I guess his mom didn't give him enough. I'm breathing. I mean, he, he, she was encouraging his, in a way, she was encouraging his drinking behavior, his, um, antisocial behavior. Mm. Um, of course, there's a lot of insecurities, but I think b- because he was raised by one single mom, that was a, yeah, it's a, a circumstance thing more than a decision that he made. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's hopefully move to a brighter spot. Oh in my this gosh! Story. Next story is my favorite. Story. Okay, great. Oh gosh. Um, Ronnie, he's my American man. He is my old man. Your he first American love. My first American actually my first and my last American love because all other guys past Ronnie were in America we're not American so I know this sense. is off topic but you and I just as friends have never talked about when you moved here or why sure to the US sure uh actually that's a perfect timing to talk about it because Ronnie was in a way a partially one of the reasons why I moved to America so I met Ronnie and I was 19 years old. I came to Provincetown on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, my first summer in America as a student by this program, work and travel program. And Ronnie was an owner of the sex shop where I worked. So my first job in America, my first job in life was actually in a sex <laughs> shop. Right. So fitting. And, um, so then I kept coming. We, we, nothing happened, of course. I was just working. Uh, so I kept coming for, I think, for about two, three years, only in summertime to Cape Cod. And then I was going back to Belarus to finish college. So on my last year of uh, education in Belarus, I, I already knew that I want to go to America. 
and I start applying. So the reason why I went, came to America was we won a green card in a lottery, the governmental lottery. My my sister filled up a favor, paper for my mother. My mom won. I wow. won with my mother because I wasn't 21 yet. That's number one. Number two, I was in love with Ronnie, who lived in America. And number three, I wanted, I thought I wanted to do the graduate school. So I also applied and I was accepted to a number of graduate schools in America. So kind of a number Everything of converged. personal decisions, romantic decisions, and just luck of a, you know, winning a lottery, uh, a green card in a lottery. Those, Wow. The combination of those made me come here, made me move here. That's like a powerful universe speaking thing. Like that's that's a lot of things all at once. Yeah, I guess I'm, I, it was meant for me to come here because mm-hmm. I, I, I to this day I question why, what am I doing here, honestly. But we can get into that. Okay. So yeah, that's basically I, I moved to America when I was nineteen after college, and um, so no, no, in- sorry, after college. I first came when I was 19. I moved here when I was 23 after college mm-hmm. and I was accepted to the grad school. And actually after I moved, it became clear that Ronnie and I, we cannot be together. It's just we have two different priorities and two different paths in life. Um, on top of the fact that we, we had a quite a gap in our, in age. Uh, are you ready for that? Sure. So I fell in love with Ronnie when I was 19, right? At that time, he was 59. Wow. 40? 40 years 40 difference. years different. So it's, so Ronnie was older than my father and, but younger than my grandfather. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I was older than his children. I am older wow. than his children. But, um, you're older than or younger than his oh, children? Oh, sorry. I'm younger. Younger yeah, than It's actually yeah. funny because we, when we traveled, Ronnie, his son and myself when we traveled abroad because Ronnie, he has a shop, retail shop, uh, sex shop and also different like Indian hippie, hippie crap. I call it also a lot of that <laughs> shit, but all the, you know, has and yeah, bags, yeah. I die. So you, you knew his family. How long were you involved together? Uh, um, five years. One second. So when basically when we would, the three of us would go say to India or to Nepal to buy stuff uh-huh. for Ronnie's shop. Like I was actually introducing myself as his son's stepmother. Like it was Ooh. to confuse people, but also because yeah. it was super fun. Um, yeah, I was, <laughs> we spent five years together. Uh, I was introduced to all his family, brothers, sisters, ne- nieces, nephews, and Ronnie's, he's huge. He's, his personality. I mean, he's just, he's one of the kind. So he has a lot of friends, a lot of people who he knows. So yeah. You're like that too. Huh? You're like that too. Oh, huge personality, I, actually, popular person. You know, it's funny that you said that because now out of all my exes, Ronnie is still a big part of my life. Like we, he is almost like my mentor in a way. And I see him at least a few times a year. I always, I, de- I deeply and dearly still love him as a person. Um, he's so important in my life. Yeah. And I feel like because he was so spiritual and he was such a, I wasn't prepared yet for that. I was too young, but now I understand that the lessons that I've learned from Ronnie, just from observing his interactions with people, just his way. Now I feel that in a way I'm doing similar things. So that's beautiful. But also let's make it, let's, let, let's spice it up a bit. Let, it's not just about, you know, platonic spiritual stuff. Uh, Ronnie taught me a lot in sex. I mean, 
all my next boyfriends after Ronnie should be grateful <laughs> to Ronnie for, yes, for me being... Yeah, he had some experience on you. Yeah, he definitely had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, what was the decision like to end that relationship? Yeah, like I said, so I moved, um, I finished my college. So it was kind of a long distance relationship. I would spend the summer here in America with Ronnie. Then I would go back to Belarus. We would meet in the middle of the year, let's say in India or Nepal. Um, that's also incredible. Like what we were saying about how your romantic partners can draw you into new worlds. Like these are maybe things you wouldn't have experienced absolutely. as a brand new. Absolutely, to America, right? Yeah, that's so I, cool. Everything's connected. That's why, and I'll, I'll go back to Ronnie, but that's why it's kind of just an advice to everyone: just be grateful. Absolutely, every relationship you have, like if even if you're left heartbroken, like I am from my pre last relationship, I'm still heartbroken. Um, I feel like I've learned so much, and just really, just be grateful. You never yeah. know. At which point of your life you will un- realize the lesson that you have learned from that relationship. Like it's, it's, pr- it's, it's priceless. Seriously. So going back to Ronnie. So, um, so this kind of been going on for five years. And then finally I moved to America and I decided to go to grad school and I went to Boston first because it was closer to Cape Cod. I spent a semester in Boston in the University of Massachusetts. Uh, but I just kind of, it didn't click. Boston, the school, the people, my living situation. So I decided to move to New York to go to, to the new school. Uh, they gave me scholarships, they accepted me. So I moved to New York. And at that point, uh, we still were dating. I was with Ronnie. He was in Massachusetts. I was in New York. And that first summer, 2011, when I decided to take summer courses and not to go to Provincetown to help Ronnie for in his summer, shop, yeah. I decided like, I want to actually focus on my studies. I want to get down with the school. I want to take summer classes and stay in New York, stay in New York. At that point, it became clear that, okay, we have different priorities. Like we have, you know, I want to do my thing. Ronnie needs Ronnie need somebody that would help him with his business, that would live his lifestyle. Um, which I feel like now I would totally do. <laughs> I feel like I'm more hippie now than I was before anyways. So that kind of became clear that, okay, we need to separate. And we took a one year off from each other, no communication, because it was very painful. Yeah. But then with some time, we start... Uh, Became friends again. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie still loves me. I mean, he, yeah, but yeah, it's platonic. Right. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. So... You're going through this one year of pain after that ends. Yeah. How do you decide to approach your love life during that year? Uh, what was your or strategy? Or how love life decides to approach me. Um, That's true. I well, you're deciding how to react to it. Very true. Um, you see, and I'm posing because I'm having a moment here. My interaction with Ronnie, my relationship with Ronnie was so unusual and so special and I'm very grateful for it. But also, yeah, like from 19 to 24, I spent my life with a much older man who had a very clear vision for himself. I had a very set mind on the things that he wanted to do. And I was just kind of following that. Uh, you know, I lived with him. Uh, we were, you know, I was, 
we were like, we lived as a couple. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a chance to just, you know, fuck around, to date, to have like cute romantic. I mean, no, Ronnie was super romantic. I should have said that. But after we broke up with Ronnie, I just, uh, I fell in love with a much younger guy. Mm. Not much, three years younger. And we just like did, you know, cute little things together. Yeah. Um, Your first New York City yeah, Love. actually, his name was Ozzy. Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, Ozzy was so cute. And yeah, I met him in the Apple shop. Yeah, no. oh my gosh, this is such a cool story. Oh so, my God. You all guys know the Apple store on in uh, Chelsea on the 9th Avenue and 14th yeah, Street. Yeah. So I went there to fix my laptop or something. And he was my assistant. And we just kind of were talking and i was just crazy and i was working at the time i was going to grad school and working in a hard rock cafe uh to wow. meet my aunt yeah and i was the one in times square oh uh, yeah that yeah. is fascinating we need to talk about that oh, sometime. oh my gosh yeah totally. not today so i can't i was drinking a lot of energy drinks just because of i i worked either very early shifts or very late shifts and i didn't get enough sleep and i li- li- lived lived almost at Brighton Beach. And I, I mean, I had to get up really early to go to work, then to grad school. So I came to the Apple store, sipping my energy drink. And and so Ozzy was my assistant. And we just kind of were, you know, talking. He showed me some of his, you know, I'm very talkative. So like I... Makes I, friends with anyone ever. <laughs> and, you know, we talk, we start talking. He showed me his, he's also, he was an artist drawing artist so he showed some of his artwork i was like yeah that's cool we exchanged the facebook and that's it and that was it and then a few days later i think i posted something on my facebook wall like hey you want to go anybody wants to go see a movie it was my first year living in new york so i didn't have enough friends so using facebook for that and Ozzy like, yeah, let's do it. And so when we went to a movie with Ozzy, I honestly, I wasn't even sure if he was straight because he had long hair. He's super cute. Like he could be easily, you know, a gay man. So I wasn't really sure if it was a date or just a movie night. But in the movie, it was, became obvious it that became it was clear. a date and Ozzy was not gay. He was a straight man. Um so we kind of kissed and it was super cute. And then I also won two tickets to YouTube concert for my best co- costume at Hard Rock Cafe or for the Halloween, not the Halloween. There was like a co- costume co- um, contest. And I, I was this kind of Russian eighties sexy lady in leopard leggings okay. and a big fur hat. I won a best prize and I got two tickets to U2 concert. So I took Ozzy with me to the U2 to New Jersey. And, and that's kind of where, you know, we just like realized, oh yeah, we really like each other. And so, yeah. So we spent three months together, but then it became obvious that after coming off five years of really serious relationship with a man that, you know, Ronnie wanted to have kids with me. You know, he flew to Belarus to meet my grandparents. You know, we were in serious relationship. Uh-huh. So I'm a serious girl. And Oz, and Ozzy got a sense that, yeah, like I need like a serious relationship. So we had a conversation and he just, he, that's his words. Sasha, I love you. Um, but I don't think I'm ready for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's now I, I think it's so fucking lame. 
but also it's truthful. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know. truthful, and he probably wasn't. Well, yeah. The, the one after we broke up, two 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 months later, he started dating another girl, which uh, is like, um, yeah, okay, that's bullshit, shady. So, anyways, uh, but. Speaking of big decisions, we broke up with Ozzy, but before we broke up, I was about to move out of uh, the place I lived uh, at, and Ozzy found me a place to move in, which was next to his house. Ooh, that's like a movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like he helped me to move, and he helped me to move, uh-huh. but we already broke up. So wow. that's a good anyways, but I just I got a place in Chelsea. I lived in Chelsea for a year, and uh, by the Highline Park. Wow. So again, you know, you never know what which decisions you are a complete agent of, and which decisions come to you because of some other choices that you right, make or the right, universe right. makes for you. Yes, totally. Um, so that that was my story with Ozzy, and it kind of helped me to move on from Ronnie faster. I'll, I'll be honest. The whole rebound thing, right? It's so sometimes, real. Sometimes it works. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, I feel you. Okay, what's the craziest thing since these stories? What's the craziest decision, the craziest thing you've done for love? Um, I would say two things. One thing is, it's going to sound cool on the radio and it's like really cool and cute story with Ronnie. And the other thing is deeper but very true too. So the first thing, uh, I was with Ronnie. I was 21. I was still in college in Belarus. I got accepted into a Swedish institute for gender studies for the summer. It was cool. like a four week program. Yeah. In August. So, uh, so in July or in June, I came to Provincetown. I was, I was with Ronnie. I was working with him. We were already in the relationship. And so I was supposed to go to Sweden from, uh, from Massachusetts, from Boston. I mean, that was kind of the, that was, that was the, that was, that summer was our biggest summer with Ronnie. I was so in love with him. It was, it's really, I can't, I need to write a book about it. I was madly in love with Ronnie. And when the time to go to Sweden came, uh, I, I was crying. I really didn't want to go, but of course, yeah, it's Sweden, gender studies, yeah. families, etc. So I took a ferry to go to Boston because my flight was from Boston. I'm in Boston in the airport. I'm waiting for my flight to go to Copenhagen and then further to Sweden. The flight is delayed, is delayed by two hours. And at this moment, I have a total breakdown i'm just like oh fuck no i'm not going away from ronnie like i can't i don't give a shit about gender studies like fuck that fuck sweden are you like i'm in love yeah so (laughs) i'm crying i come to the to the agent travel agent while we're waiting for the plane i'm coming to the travel agent and i'm just crying my mascara is Oh. You know, down, uh, mixed with tears coming down my cheeks, my face. I'm calling Ronnie to the shop and summertime is be- crazy busy. So Ronnie's crazy busy with customers. I'm calling him. I'm like, Ronnie, the flight is delayed. I don't want to go. I want to come back. He's like, sugar, sugar. No, please. You know, 
yeah, go. It's only three weeks. Or like, it's only four weeks. Go, you know, I'll see you soon. Go to Sweden. You got accepted. And I was like, no, Ronnie, please, can I come back? He's like, no, go. But then he's like, well, you know, it's, it's up to your decision. Of course, I'd love, you know, to have you back, but it's, it's your decision. Yeah. And I just hung up the phone and, and I was just the travel agent. There's a delayed flight. It's too much for me. I don't want, like, I want my money back. I want to go back to, uh, wow. to Provincetown. So I did not go to that same night. I took a, took a ferry back from Boston to Provincetown. I came to Provincetown and I remember I just walked into the shop with my suitcase and I see Ronnie and he sees me and he was just like, fuck, sugar, you are crazy. <laughs> so anyways, I didn't go to the, to the school. I missed my program. I've never been to Sweden. <laughs> I never went to Sweden after that. I never started gender studies. Um, do I regret? Yes, maybe. But also at that point, know. I, I was, that was, that was my math. You I can never know mad. what would have been different if you'd done it. So you can't regret it. You just right. you can't. <clears throat> but another thing I wanted to mention, and I just kind of want to appeal to all women who listen to Radio Free Brooklyn, but also to some men. It's really, I think it's universal. I realized that I, I thought, in some of the relationship, I thought that I need to be a certain way to be in those relationship. And therefore, I jeopardized, jeopardized my true identity and my true self. And this is like the biggest thing you can do to yourself. This is the biggest sacrifice. This is the biggest victim you can do to yourself. And therefore, it is the biggest decision. Also, it is not a real decision. You, you don't sit and think... Oh yeah, I want to sacrifice myself to be with that person. No, it does, it happens it's automatically. Completely subconscious. But yeah, wow. It does happen exactly. It happens subconsciously. But this is the worst thing and it's the biggest thing that you're doing to yourself and also to that to the to, to the person you are with because you're not being true you. Um so I think that's um I've done that several times without realizing it. Because I I wanted to be liked so much and I wanted to be cool so much and I wanted to be, you know, be, let's say, my antisocial heavy metal, you know, boyfriend. I, I also I wanted to be so much into the game. So I was probably doing a bit of extra craziness just to be that person. Or if I were with, uh, uh, I mean, there, there were a few other boyfriends after, after Ozzy, but yeah i think that was the biggest thing yeah and just like wanting to be respected by this new person in your life and their circle and feeling the need to be different yeah, yeah that is the biggest decision you can make i'm so glad you said that that's such an interesting point just like deciding how to be is often the biggest I decision think, you ever I make i don't think it's a decide like it, right it is in a way decided but it's also it's like not an, decided by your heart it's decided well by the mental schemes by your old operational system of your mind that, oh, so we have these projections of how things are supposed to be. We have these expectations of how a relationship is, is supposed to be. And we are somehow are trying to fit into that. But then the true, true love and true relationship and true beauty of any interaction happens when you just drop that and you let your true identity, like your vulnerable self come up. 
come out, come off. I, I don't know what's the right word. Come off, come out. Yeah, I think come. you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Shine through. Shine through. Yeah. And that's, and I know we're almost out of the time, but that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm talking to someone now. It's, I don't even know if that's romantic or not, but it's been kind of platonic at this point. Uh, but we, 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 that's what we do. We talk, we just come, we just talk about the things the way they are. I talk about God because that's what on my mind right now. God is the biggest thing in my life right now. Pursuing the God is the biggest thing in my, in my life. And I talk about it because for me, it is important that the person takes that. If the person doesn't take it, that's my true self. Does he share that priority or are you kind of just saying this and he's taking it? That's really cool though, because it's so easy to talk about your priorities with someone who shares them, but it's really hard to just, you know, it is hard. It's hard and, but it's, like it's the guy never, the has never even taken LSD. Like he doesn't even know. I mean, I don't know why it's like he's never had a like spiritual moment, wow. but, and I was, but he respects me for being so passionate about, about my journey and he respects me for being honest about my journey. What like, is he sharing with you? Oh God. So much, so many things. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah. And he's kind of old school. So he likes to talk for like hours on the phone oh, that's because cute. he doesn't live in New York. He lives in Connecticut. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, hmm, okay, that's suspicious. Yeah. No, it's not suspicious. I mean, Connecticut as a state is suspicious, but I was just thinking, <laughs> I was just thinking that's like not so long distance. That's the perfect amount of distance. I maybe. think we are still test, testing the waters, but yeah. we are test, like we are seriously testing them. Like yeah. We talk about, he talks about racism. He talks about educational system that's in America, wonderful. about politics. I talk about God. Like we don't talk about, we don't do chit chat. Like, we, right, right. That's really like perfect real with each other right and it sounds like again it'd be, it's so easy to conform to your metal loving boyfriend's life by loving metal but it's harder and more valuable to kind of preach what's right. on your mind and and share yourself with someone who is just taking it in and isn't absolutely. validating it necessarily absolutely but you know what's interesting as well is because i will have to make a decision or he will have to make a decision at some point Mm-hmm. about whether or not this uh, difference in our passions is going to be something that will draw us to each other or separate. Because at some point, I will need to make a decision. Okay, how is it important for me that my partner is knows what, let's say, ayahuasca is? Or how is it important for me to for my partner to go with me to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Kundalini right now we're yoga. still testing, but honestly, down the road, if you don't come to church with me, I think I'm going to have an issue with that. As much as... What if they go to yoga with you and stay home for church? If you don't believe in God, no. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I've decided it. Yeah, no. Like he believes in God. He just, the way we pursue God is different. But the fact that he believes in God is... I know. Okay, there is a there, there is a chance there. If you're an atheist, no, I'm 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 sorry. I just I just I'll be a bitch here, but I don't have time to start your spiritual awakening. Like you, you, I want to be someone who is already on in some way or another on this journey. Hmm. I want to learn. I don't I don't want to be a teacher yet. I want I'm still a student. I want to learn, yeah. and then I'll pass my knowledge to somebody else. So you, you decided though. You, yeah. you just said you decided. Well, so he needs to make the decision, kind of. 
Or I uh, guess you'll learn more about each other and the decision will continue to play out. It's also in every decision. Uh, we have three minutes. In every decision, if if you think that you're making all your decisions by yourself, you are you're bullshitting yourself. Yeah. Honestly. You just answered the central question of this. You, we, we don't even have to keep going with the show. You got, you said the answer. <laughs> there gotta be trust. Yeah. Into the, and I say, I say God because I'm not afraid to say the word God, but considering how much of the negative connotation the term God has in Western society in America specifically, uh, whatever I call it, higher power, divine power, uh, divine energy something out there that people say there is something out there the universe god okay let's call it god okay you can call it universe whatever if you think that you make a decisions with you make a decision without an assistance a sign a help from the god the universe the higher power the divinity seriously you are a blind person i'm so sorry get on your spiritual awakening now because that's not how it works and um I sound so radical only because we have like one minute left. Uh, I can be more patient and nice about this, but there is so much in our decisions that are, that come to us through, from the universe, from the God, just through different channels. You could be, you could be the light of the God. You could be the light, the way from the, from the universe. And in the conversation with you, Asha, I get my answers. Like I get, I get the sun for my, for my decision and vice versa. Like there's, it's never a one man or one woman decision. There's always, we are, we live in this interwoven kind of puzzle of energies and personalities and people. And we all can contribute to each other decision through and universe is connecting us all. So that's kind of my belief. That's the answer to this question from <laughs> Sasha Sugar. Thank you so much for being on the show. I, we really just got there. We really just went there. So thank you for that. Um, donate to Radio Free Brooklyn dot, uh, at, uh, on the website, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. My mom, shout out Lisa, made a beautiful, incredible donation last week. So I wanted to thank her for that. Love you, mom. Oh, um, love you, mom, too. Sasha loves you, too. <laughs> theme song is by Nation of Language. Check them out on Bandcamp. And I'll see you guys next week. Same place, same time. And listen to What is Love. Uh, 2 p.m. on Sundays right before my show. Bye. Bye, guys.